Peter chapter 4 verse 1 Peter 4 verse 7 let us go back and have an understanding from the very first chapter the very first verse amen hallelujah the bible says for as much then as christ has suffered for us in the flesh for as much then as christ had suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind Jesus Christ did not suffer for us in the spirit. He suffered for us in the flesh. Because what had to give us salvation was not the sacrifice of the spirit, but rather the sacrifice of the flesh. Amen. What was needed for our salvation to be complete was the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary on the day of the crucifixion. And the spirit does not have blood, and the spirit cannot die. So his coming in the flesh was for the reason that blood comes from the flesh. In the book of Leviticus, the Bible says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Therefore, when you take out the blood, you have taken out life from the flesh. So the only way that Jesus Christ could die was if the blood had to be taken away from his flesh. Amen. That's why when he died on the cross, blood had to come out or gush out. When he pierced his side, blood came out. The Bible says water and blood gushed out. When you say gush out, it means it rushes, it comes out with force. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like when you, when you pierce, you cut your hand. What happens is that if you touch a particular vein, not vein, artery, Amen. The amount of blood that comes out is always faster. Sometimes it's coming like a tap, right? Mm-hmm. You can test it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. That's when we talk about gushing out all. Mostly when your tap is not flowing, all of a sudden water comes. That first instant that water comes, and what happens? That's gushing out, right? That's the same thing that happened when the Roman, saint, the Roman soldier pierced the side of Jesus. The Bible says water and blood gushed out. Other verses says rushed out. Amen. So he suffered in the flesh and was glorified in the spirit. Amen. He suffered in the flesh. He was glorified in the spirit. So as believers, do we need to be glorified in the flesh and suffer in the spirit? No. The reverse cannot be true. We are also called to carry our cross and follow him, which means we also need to suffer in the flesh to be glorified in the spirit. But it doesn't mean that we are glorified in the spirit only when we die. Amen. We are glorified in the spirit because our spirit becomes one with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we manifest the glory of God even while we suffer in the flesh. Amen. The Bible says, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. What same mind? The Bible talks about the sufferings of Christ and the glory we should follow. So Christ suffered, the glory followed. That's why he, could, he was able to say in John chapter 17, that Father glorify thou me as I have glorified you. Amen. Just arm yourself likewise with the same mind. What mind? The mind that says, though there is sufferings in the flesh now, I know the glory follows after. The sufferings of the flesh is not telling you to that people will be holding you every day and beating you. 
Amen. Wherever you pass the pouring hot water, no, that's not the sufferings. Amen. It means to carry the mark of Christ with you on a daily basis. And the mark of Christ on a daily basis talks about his life of sacrifice. Because once you see the mark on, the, on his palms, what does this signify? Sacrifice. Which means your, the life you live should not only be for to yourself. Always live a life to sacrifice. If you see somebody that you can help, what do you need to do? Sacrifice your own comfort and help. When they, you know, they, it's not just helping anybody. Amen. Because people don't need your help. Don't they look as if they need help? We mean, no matter how much you help them, as you live, the next is that in the claims they ever get. But they are taking the help and they need the help, but they don't show any gratitude to that help. Amen. There are people who need genuine help. Help them. That's what the Bible itself says that do good to all men. To who? All men. Do good to who? All men. They says, but <laughs> most especially to those who are of the household of faith, to the body of believers. Do good to all men. But most especially to those who are the households of faith. Which means if I have all men in front of me, and in that all men there are people who, are, who belong to the household of, household of faith, who should I help first? Those in the household of faith. Why? Because they have come to an understanding to appreciate sacrifice much more than those who are outside. Why do you need to do good to those who are outside? Because they need to see the light. They need to see the love in you. They need to see the manifestation of the gift that God has given in you. The ability to sacrifice and say, oh, indeed, these are Christians. They do it like Christ. Amen. You don't meet somebody outside and you tell the person, God loves you. The person is like, what is love? God loves me. I love my husband. I love my wife. I love my boyfriend. I love my girlfriend. So which love are you talking about? God loves me. So what has he done for me to show that he loves me? Amen. That's when you have the ability to discern that person's need. And that person can be claimed that I don't know about the love of God. But that person is contemplating to commit suicide. That person is thinking about the next meal. And God just drops in your heart. Ask the person about the house rent. And you don't go and ask the person, have you paid your house rent? No. What do you need to do? You need to use wisdom <laughs> to pass on the message. And you can use it as a story. You say, well, brother or sister, I know sometimes things can be hard. Like, you know, sometimes you can be like that. You have not even paid your house rent. And somebody just comes up out of the out of the blue and just says, okay, this is your house rent. You all of a sudden see how the person's eyes lights up. Amen. You know, when they tell you what you're hiding, there's a surprise in your face, right? Now, you do not come specific and say, sister, you have not paid your house rent. Because God does do not want you to just go direct. Use it as a story. So the person is engaged in what you're saying. And when you use it as a story, say, no, you can be like that. You have not even paid your house rent. I had a story like that last, last four years ago. I had it difficult to always pay my house rent. But God opened up doors for me and blah, 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 blah. And I tell the sister, what will you say if God shows up and takes care of your house rent for this month? All of a sudden, the person's mindset about the love of God starts changing. How did this person feel so? Why is he talking about house owning of house rent and of which I'm owing my love for three months? How, what, how much is house rent? 10,000. The person looking at you like, hmm. some kind of ask you, are you a prophet? 
Come here, oh, how sweet. Oh, how sweet. How did you know? You're like, I did not need to know. But the God whom I serve who loves you, the same way he loves me, just told me that you have an issue with her. So now you're becoming specific. And they says like, well, I owe husband, but yeah, I've been struggling. Now the person start telling you the troubles that the person has been going to. Why? Because they, once the person's heart becomes open to receive that word, right? The Holy Spirit start convicts. Start convicting. I honestly don't know when the person start open up, opening up to you. Well, I don't know. I've been going to church too, but the thing is that, the thing is that, the thing is that, this is it, this is this is it. And all of a sudden, just like, but do you know that God loves you? The fact that he loves you doesn't mean you will not go through trials and tribulations. Now you start en- encouraging the person that despite the sufferings in the flesh, there is a glory that should follow. And all of a sudden, the person is like accepting the message. And to crown it all up, God says, that money that you have in your mobile money, how much is it again? You're like, yeah, I have 50,000 in my mobile money. God said, do you know that money was not yours in the first place? I gave it to you for this purpose. And the spiritual minister says, okay, pay the husband for three months. I give an extra for food because the person is even hungry. <laughs> now you're checking that you have been planning this 50,000 to go and buy their wrapper. No, that, no wrapper. That lace. <laughs> That you have been planning for the past six months. Amen. Or you had to buy yourself one nice slippers. Because what the one that you are wearing, if it has holes, you are managing it. And then God is telling you to give this 50,000, this 40,000 to, to this lady. All of a sudden, you start having a war among your, between yourself. That means your spirit and your flesh are in battle. And the Bible says the two are enemies among between themselves. The spirit lost after the flesh and the flesh after the spirit. But once you have come to a place of maturity, you know that you are living a life of sacrifice. The blessings that God blesses you to be a blessing to others. Therefore, what God has given you is not your own. He gave you to manage it. When he comes calling, what do you need to do? Only simple, simply obey. There's a song that we're always saying, right? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus just to trust and obey. Now the voice is telling you, give that money to that sister because you are just telling that sister about the love of Christ or the love of God. And all of a sudden, you yourself, you are doubting and you are not obeying. Which means you are doubting. If you are doubting, means you are not trusting. If you are not obeying, means you are disobedient, right? To the voice. And know fully well as a believer, the devil can never tell you to give somebody money. The devil can never tell you to sacrifice for somebody else. He understands the principles of giving. What the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter, is it chapter 6 verse 9. Give, it shall be done what? Giving unto you. Who are you giving to God? Some of us, pastor will tell you that the giving is to give to the church, right? No, it's, it's part of giving. It says give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shake it together. I give this. I gave this example last time, right? What it means to, to to be good measure, to be pressed down and shake it together, and then running over shall men give to your bosom. I like, but pastor, I've been serving God for how long now? Since two since two years ago, I became born again. I've been giving. I've never seen anybody give me pressed down, shake it together, and running over. So what are you trying to say? I've never seen that kind of giving. The giving must not be in monetary terms. It must not be money. Hmm? It might not be money. It might not be food. 
It might be just the love for people, for people around faithful. You receive favor that you don't imagine. Most people, the thing that we say, give and shall be given unto you, they are expecting that as I give money, money should come back to me. But just having your mind that we have to live a life of sacrifice. Don't expect anything in return. God knows how he blesses his children. Amen. It's on an issue of what? Times and season. Hallelujah. It says, for as, for as much then as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourself. What is arm? Be ready. Have your own weapons to also fight. Arm yourself means to embolden yourself. Encourage yourself. Because you know that the days of troubles are still ahead. The Bible says we are living in perilous times. That's why I find people like senior prophetic Joshua, God takes them away. Because the times that we are getting entering into are getting darker and darker. Amen. The agenda of the devil is being manifested and unveiled. And we are seeing the pure evidence of it every single day. On media, on social media, on traditional media, on whatever self sector you can find in music industry and every film industry, they are pushing the agenda. What are they doing? They are pushing the agenda. They are capturing the minds of the young generation. You find all the demonic signs they are showing in cartoons every single day. And we Christians, it is true. When they come and show you, put Jesus in as you should watch, or the story of Moses, there's some people acting there and they should watch it. And then they bring another movie, Resident Evil. Which will you choose? No, I know Jesus. I know, I know more the story of Moses. So let me just watch Resident Evil. And in the Resident Evil, what they are showing is that you think that it is just acting, but they are giving you a picture of what is coming. Most of the, the realities of today were, 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 were the fictions of 20, 30 years ago. Amen. The realities of today were fictions 20, 30 years ago. This smartphone that we are using that will make our fingers like this. In the movies of 1970, 1960, 1930, they showed it in their movies. How could they show it 30 years ago? It became manifested only 10 years ago. The computers we have now were shown in movies 40 years ago, 60 years ago, 80 years ago. But now we find computers became mainstream in the 2000s. And the technology is keep, it keeps developing further and further. The, easy, the, the more you look as if it's making your life easier, you have to think as a believer, it is making you more enslaved and into it. Amen. You are getting more enslaved in, and entangled into it. So we have to be careful of how we live our lives and the things that we put as part of ourselves. Amen. Technology is good, right? Okay. You have a washing machine. You just put your dress on and wash it. You have one section, you put it, just dries it. To iron, you just take it and put it in another one. It just straightens the dress. What happens? It makes your work easier, right? You want to cook. You just need to take the things and put it in water. Put it in that microwave. It cooks your food. You remove it and you eat. Life is easier, right? You want to sweep your house, you just need to sit and put your, 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 your cleaning robot, you press it from your phone, pop, it starts up, it starts moving around and, and, sweeping, and, and sweeping the entire house. 
Life is sweet, right? You want to put on your TV, you just need to see it. Even from your phone, smart TV, you just control it, put your YouTube, you watch it, right? Life is sweet. You just need to press a button, your AC comes on, right? It beats you. Life is sweet. As you can enter your house, you just press your from your phone. If I don't even to press anything, as your sensor from your gate, realize that you're coming closer to the, to the gate, it opens by itself. You just enter. As you get it to the door, the door opens for itself by itself. You enter. As you enter, the, the, the AC, the, the sensors in the house that you are entering, they just put on the AC boom. You start getting chilled. Life is good. But you know that despite the ease of all those things, you're killing yourself. Our mothers, our great-grandmothers, why are they still alive? They exercised. You thought they were suffering, but they kept their bones strong. We leave our house with from AC. We enter the car. The only time we feel heat is when we step out of the door. We enter our car, AC. We did not, do we work? No. We get into our offices, AC. You leave and enter your car, AC. You come back to the house, AC. I don't sweat. Life is easy. But when you get to 40, 50 years, all of us die. Why? There is no exercise or stress to the body that keeps it fit. Because when everything becomes easy, we sit for eight hours at work, we come back in the house and we sit in front of the TV for eight hours. And the next thing we do is what? We sleep. The Bible says bodily exercise profited little. But we need that little. Even when you're praying, you know you're exercising. Yes. Sometimes you pray and you sweat. Why? Because you are working your body. All this is why I'm going to see why I'm saying all these things. Glory to God. It says, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that had suffered in the flesh had ceased from sin. He that has suffered. We can, use, we can change the word suffer here to put persevered. He who has persevered in the flesh has ceased from sin, not sins, from sin, from the nature of sin. Because the suffering of the flesh teaches you what? Teaches you patience, teaches you self-control and what? Temperament, how to control yourself. When you're, is, it, is, it that, is it every time that you're hungry that you eat? Even though there's food in the house, it's not every time that you're hungry you eat. You're like, but I just ate two hours ago. That time that you're thirsty, but you just drank water, right? And you're not thirsty of water. If they give you one liter of juice, you drink it, right? Everything you do should be in moderation. Amen. Verse 2 says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the loss of men. Those things that I was naming, that good life, all those things that make life so easy, that makes us not want to stress, to stress in any way. That the Bible calls the loss of men. But to the will of God. What is the will of God? Who can answer? We always say, let the will of God be done. Let's according to your will. We pray all the time. Father, according to your will, let it be done. Let the will of God be done. Where the will of God has been done. What is the will of God? The will of God primarily is that every single human being should be saved and like i said salvation does not mean believe only as you believe in christ you go to heaven 
Salvation is a total saving of somebody, both physically, spiritually, financially, materially, every aspect. Amen. It's not just it's not just a salvation of the soul. Salvation of this. It's not just salvation of the spirit, but salvation of the soul, of the mind, and everything that concerns you. The will of God is for every single person to be born again and saved. And then it follows now when you talk about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter 1, 5, verse 22. When you see the Bible says fruit of the spirit, not fruits of the spirit. When you say the fruit of the spirit is what? Love. Everything that comes after is as a result of love. But when it came to the flesh, the deeds or the works of the flesh. You don't say the work of the flesh. Amen. But when it came to about the, 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 the fruit of the spirit, you say what? Fruit. One. Because the greatest commandment that we have as believers is what? Love. Love the Lord your God as yourself. Love your neighbor as. Love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus can say all the commandments that you have is in one. Love. And what is 1 John chapter 4 verse, is verse 7 that says, For God is love. Verse 3. For the time past of our life, the past of our life may suffice us to have Wrath, wrath means to, to walk, to do something. The will of the Gentiles. When we walk in what? Lasciviousness. What is lasciviousness? It says morbid sexual desire or a propensity to lewdness. It's talking about carnality. Erotism. What people mostly say, I'm sexy. Sexism. <laughs> Amen. Where we dress to impress. You wear your dress, every part must show. Why? Because according to you, you are not doing it for anybody or you are doing it to have self-confidence. So when you expose yourself, you have self-confidence. Really. So those who cover their body are doing what? Are timid. Be confident of who you are despite the sufferings that happen, the scars of this life. Amen. Because the flesh you find goes back to dust. People have accidents. Limbs are chopped off. Like me this morning. This is bruised and wound. <laughs> I was trying to sacrifice the wall to clean it. And I'm making my hand. The wall just said, okay, take small. Would I go and cut this finger? I all broke the wall because I had a wound. No. Amen. <laughs> When I look at the wound, I keep I keep thinking, if this small wound that's on my hand with this blood, I find it painful. What more of Jesus, the suffering that he did, the sacrifice he made. He was not just taken directly to the cross and nailed. He was whipped and ridiculed. When you talk about whip, he was not whipped with normal cane. Amen. The whip that they used had, it was like metal chains that had small, small, like razor blades that they have hung on it. Amen. We mean as they whip him once, they don't whip him and remove, they whip him and pull. So as they are whipping, flesh is coming out. It's a picture that when you see it, right, you will keep thanking God for your salvation. The, the suffering that Christ suffered, right, I don't see a human being that can take it. You're not whipped with cane. Before we knew that he was just whipped with normal cane, they were just whipping him and he had wounds. No. They whip him and they pull as they pull. 
he digs his body. Let me put it that way. Remember when you're telling chicken, right? <laughs> I was not one weep. How many times did they weep him up? So imagine all your back hurts, is bleeding. So his the, the, the sacrifice of his blood did not just happen directly on the cross. It was a process. When they came, what did they do? They took a crown of thorns, put it on the head. When they put it, what did they do? There are veins here. When you take your hand and push here and block it, right? Or just press a little bit, you find that it's, it's beating. That's blood that goes to your head. And you put it aside, it's blood that comes back from your head. Mostly the left side is what sends blood into your head. And this side brings it back to circulate it around your body. That's why if this brain, any of them is cut, the simple thing that happens to you, you have what they call brain dead. You become brain dead. Because your brain is suffocated. Oxygen does not go back. Because what takes oxygen to your brain is what? The blood that is pumped into your head. Once that, that vein cut, most people will die through accident. Finally, the first cause is what? Blood has ceased flowing to their brains. Most people will have head injuries. And what happens what happen is that your heart is still beating. Your body is still alive. But your brain Amen. I such a kid, you see that person is in a, what they call vegetative state. Such a person can be, there are people who have been in coma for 15 years. Which means that brain function has reduced so much that there is no hope of survival. But the family says no. The person is still breathing. The person has still beating, so the person is still alive. And I put like that, 30 years in coma. You have to say, say does the, person, the person is himself is, is dead because what makes you to dream? Is the brain, but the brain is completely dead. So what are you dreaming? The person is not even ex- aware of his existence because, as concerns life, that person's life has already been taken away. But there's always that hope that maybe one day the person can come back. Amen. And ah, sometimes the family will just ask, agree, agree and say, "Okay, let's remove the oxygen mask." I want to take the oxygen. It means if the oxygen mask, if the person could be breathing without oxygen, it means the person there was there could be hope of survival. But when the person gets that step, what they do, they need to support the person. That's why they put you an oxygen mask to force air into your lungs. But once they take it out, automatically that person had been dead 20, 30 years ago. People were just embalming the body. Amen. And such a case, they always do what they call operation. They always drain fluid after the person's body. Because when you're on one position, fluid builds up. You don't sweat, right? So that's what stays in your body. They drain your pee, they drain your poo, they drain your fluid, fluid in your body. And most of those people, what happens is that they always grow fat on that position because of no exercise. Amen. The Bible talks about the will of the Gentiles when we walk in lasciviousness, in loss. It says excess of wine. These are scriptures that keep telling us that it's not, it's not a bad thing to drink wine. But the Bible always talks about excess of wine. And as a question, if wine was that bad, why did Jesus Christ turn water to wine? And many people say that Jesus Christ turned water to wine, but he did not drink it. What was he doing in the feast if he was not drinking wine? The Bible says when he was with the disciples, what did he take to raise up and say, take this, this wine? Did he say, take this water? Say, take this wine, for it is my blood. What were they doing? The egg and the drank. He said, <laughs> you the Pharisees, you said John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, but the Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and he says he's a wine babbler. 
If they can say he's a one babbler, God, they have noticed that he's always drinking. And in the days of old, <laughs> God said himself that he will bless the house of Israel with wine. Why do you have to bless them with wine? Because when you drink wine, you're happy. Amen. And wine is not fruit juice. Don't say no. I'm drinking my sweet wine now. It's not sweet wine. It's fruit juice. So it is in a bottle. Hmm? It's fruit juice. Wine is there should be alcohol inside. The Bible says excess of wine. Ephesians chapter five verse eighteen. Don't be drunk with wine because there is excess. Amen. It says excess of wine. Go to bars. This, this is Sunday morning, right? But there are times that you go seven o'clock that people will go and knock people's houses to one drink. You find them in bar sitting. Go to the roadside. Go and meet them. They are there sitting and they are already drinking. Excess of wine. The Bible talks about revelings. Reveling is partying. Reveling is talking about enjoyment. Having a good time. But does it mean that we should not have good time? Just God came down with me half like John 10 verse 10. I came that you may have life and have it more abundant. What does it mean to enjoy life? But how do we enjoy life as believers? We enjoy life by believers by being sacrificial. Because your joy should be that the next person around you is also comfortable as you are. It doesn't mean that take everything and give the person and start, and, and, and start staying on the street, right? Say, no, I saw one, one family that they are, they are suffering. So you push you come and take my house. I will pay your the rent and then I will be staying in the, under the bridge. That's the, what the Bible is saying. The Bible said, do good to all men, most especially to them who are, those who have the household of faith. And he came and said, he who cannot take care of his own household is worse than an unbeliever. Take care of your home first. Because once you don't take care of your home and your home becomes broken, the church has saved. Amen. Take care of your home. Take care of the church. And the church concerns the body of believers. Hallelujah. We're rounding up. Is this revelings? Enjoyment, banquetings, hey, partings. It is an abominable idolatries. That's why I was mentioning those things like smart TV, uh, AC car, AC, all, all those things. Idolatries are those things that you use to replace God with. That you think you cannot do without them. Don't align your life to, to physical gadgets. Don't li- align your life and you can key for things that one small high voltage can blow it. <laughs> How much did you spend? 500,000 francs. And what happened is that your child is just passing and took a spoon and is making eh, 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 and, and says, Daddy, and just makes like this on the screen. Poof. You, you came and you put the TV on the screen, you make it as if it's falling jingle. <laughs> Amen. What do you look at? The next thing you are thinking of that receipt, that 550,000. And you look at the child. The love you have for the child is, is holding you back from taking that child and, and, and replacing it with the TV. Never put value to the things that are perishable, the things that are physical, because they are all dead to what? Perish. The Bible even talks about our bodies. So don't the outward man perish. Perish me dies. But our focus should be on renewing the inward man day by day. The Bible is talking about the sufferings of Christ and the glory that follows. Our focus should be on the glory that comes after. It's not about dwelling on the suffering. Because if you dwell only on the sufferings, you can have an issue of depression. You find there are many pastors and believers who are depressed. 
who are living in absolute depression, stress. You are 25 years, all your head is white. All your head is white stress. Once you come to a point where people who meditate often stress less. This is the reason why I'm saying all these things. Amen. Verse 7. I'm skipping and coming right to verse 7. It says, But the end of all things is at hand. Amen. But the end of all things is at hand. Be you therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. What does it mean to be sober? It is not affected by a chemical substance. When you drink, right, they say you should be sober. Means when you drink, drink uh, 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 alcohol has it's a chemical substance, right? That changes your mind, it changes your it, it, it changes your, emo, uh, your hormonal balance. That's why somebody who is drunk, the person is still normal like you. But what means the person always staggering because it has changed the format, the the, the, the informational part that that holds that needs to hold you firm, upright. Your brain that keeps you focused to move on a straight line. That, that alcohol has gone and changed how it operates, how your, 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 your senses operate. And what happens is that you're walking and you're seeing double. And what happens is that you're staggering because it has altered your, the chemical composition of your body, of your brain. The Bible says you should be sober. Don't allow chemical substance to corrupt your brain. That's why I find most some, some body, some, some, some arms of Christians, they don't eat processed food. Because they are all come with preservatives. Those are all chemicals inside. There are some who don't, don't use toothpaste that we use this toothpaste because it has what fluoride. You see, fluoride dist- destroys the brain. That's why even when you are you are brushing your teeth, you look behind. They try to use it in small quantities and do not swallow. Amen. See, but the end of all things is at hand. At hand means it is already there. He said, be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. What did Jesus Christ tell us in the book of Luke 26, 21, 36? He says, watch therefore and pray always. That you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Which things? The end, which is at hand. Perilous moments. It says, and to stand before the Son of Man. Mark 14, 30, it says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Mark 13, 33, take heed, therefore, watch and pray for you. Do not know when the time is. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. My interest here is Mark 13, 33. Take you, take your heed, watch and pray for you. Do not know when the time is. This was said how many thousand years ago? But now we are living in the time. The last thing that Senior Prophet Jesus said before he went to be with God was what? Watch and pray. Why did he have to re-echo the same thing that Jesus has been giving to us as a warning? Why do you need to watch? Watching me, you should be alert. 
You should be conscious of what is happening around you. And why do you need to pray? Pray means you have to stay, pray to stay in the will of God. As you're watching, you're, you're seeing how things are happening around you. You see things that happen that the Bible is talking against. I say, in the last day, these things shall come to pass, and many of them shall be happening. And the Bible says you should watch it. Look at them, be careful, but yet pray. So that you should not come out of the will of God. You should not get to a point where even that simple thing can take you away. Where instead of trusting in God, you start doubting God. Hallelujah. Watch and pray. Verse is above and above all things, have fervent charity, love among yourselves. For love covers a multitude of sins. For God so did what? Love the world. He gave his son. Why? To cover our sins. In the Old Testament, it was called atonement, covering. In the New Testament, it was called what? Redemption. An eternal remover. Love covers the multitude of sin. That's why no matter how, how what we do, the love of God overshadows our weaknesses. No matter what your child does, your love covers the punishment. Because in the punishment is love. Amen. Love covers a multitude of sin. The world is getting to a point where many the love the Bible says the love of many shall wax cold. Many believers shall give up believing in God. Why? Because they shall see their sufferings and will not picture the glory that will follow. They will look at the trials and tribulation and the persecution and they will not look up to the cross where their salvation lies. Why? Because we are getting to a point where believers are more focused on material blessings and material things, how to live large. Now, like this, if you're not riding a big car and you're not having big properties everywhere, you're not considered a true Christian. The Bible says true Christians should be those who worship the Father in spirit and in truth. But now we are looking at financial prosperity and physical possessions to represent the blessings of God. Watch and pray. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message from the Tower Church Gathering. God bless you.